Welcome to Interfaith Ministries Interfaith Podcast Series, which is part of our Faith in Our City program under the umbrella of IM's Dialogue Project. The Dialogue Project's Faith in Our City program is Interfaith Ministries' effort to increase religious literacy and break down uh, the walls of misunderstanding across religious traditions. We're grateful to the Freed Foundation for its support of this program. If you like what you hear and want to learn more, visit us at www.imgh.org for more information, to join our mailing list, and to donate. I'm the Reverend Greg Hahn, and I'm the Director of Interfaith Relations out of the Department of Interfaith Relations and Community Partnerships at Interfaith Ministries. This series is an introduction to religions, but through learning more about the holidays and holy days of a religion, And today we're focusing on the Christian tradition, particularly though with a Catholic flavor of the Christian tradition. And I'm here uh, with Father Chris Valka at uh, University of St. Thomas. Chris is currently the chaplain to the university and also the superior of Keon House, which is uh, the residential community for uh, Brazilian priests who are either here at the university or at um, St. Thomas High School, or are men in formation. Chris, thanks for your time. It's good to see you. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about you. You're a priest, but out of the Basilian order. I don't know a lot of people have heard about it. So tell us a little bit about your your order and how you kind of came to be. The Basilian Fathers were founded during the French Revolution. So we've taken on St. Basil, who is a fourth century doctor of the church and uh, very much responsible for kind of the monastic tradition that we have. Mm-hmm. He also formulated the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, but, but we weren't uh, founded by him. We took him on as a patron. Um, our founding was in the French Revolution, uh, which was, of course, a tra- traumatic time for the Catholic Church. And we were one of many, many religious communities that were founded during that time. Um, so 1822 uh, was our official founding date. We made our way over to North America in 1854 in Canada first, and then made our way down to the United States, and then Mexico, and now Colombia. So we've really kind of made our way across the pond and then down right. south, so to speak. I met the Bazilians um, in Houston um, on this campus. I wasn't a student, but I was, um, I was, I'm a native Houstonian, and um, it just happened by kind of a happen chance meeting. Uh, to meet this group of priests who were school teachers, and mm-hmm. I was a school teacher, and uh, they were, you know, approachable and, and very community focused, and that was of interest to me. Um, but my faith, um, I, I will say that my faith was very much uh, enlivened by an evangelical tradition because that was where I met Jesus, really. And uh, but then I, I was captivated largely by the traditions and the actually I can remember sitting in a Baptist church and we were a week away from Christmas and I was missing Advent mm. um, at that time. And I thought, you know, I, I feel like we can't jump into Christmas. I feel like we need some sort of preparation. And so that's where the traditions of the Catholic Church started to become meaningful to me uh, for a different reason. Yeah. And how long have you been um, a Bazillion father? I've been ordained a priest in the Bazillion Fathers for nine years. Okay. So, yeah, so we have a long formation and training time, right. a lot of study, a lot of experience. I've been blessed to literally travel and live around the world. Um, and so only last year did I come back home to Houston after being away 13 years. Yeah. And it's been a joy to be back. Let's talk uh, kind of our conversation about um, the religious holy days throughout, uh, the, particularly the, the, the Catholic liturgical calendar. What would happen on a weekly basis? 
Well, you really have to think about, uh, I mean, we approach all things understanding that there is a cycle and a season to the way we live our lives. So much like creation has a season, so does the church. And that season starts actually with Advent and then goes all the way through the year. Advent starts four weeks prior to Christmas time. Um, but any given week as well, there are highlight days. We call them solemnities. Um, there's major feast days. And so, um, you know, kind of what we call ordinary time is, you know, the, the kind of the usual, if you will, the, the usual rhythm of life in the church. But throughout ordinary time has peppered these uh, solemnities and major feast days that helps us to understand the passing of time and how we grow in relationship to God and each other. And time is how we measure that relationship. Right. It, it doesn't look terribly different than the way we conceive of life in general, except this is indicating a relationship with something that we often don't see quite the same way. Right, exactly. Right. Let's start with then what happens on, what, what is it that happens, what, what, do you, what, what do you do every week? Every week, so we, I mean, obviously Sunday is Sunday. Okay, so Sunday. And Sunday is, uh, you know, a day when we, uh, you know, or we try to rest, we, but we also celebrate. I think one of the, the common misconceptions is that, you know, Sunday is not the same thing as the Sabbath. Um, God gave the Sabbath to the Jewish people. Um, Christians have kind of taken some of that mentality, but actually the Lord's Day or Sunday is different. Um, it's not simply for rest, it's also for celebration and for gathering. Um, and so kind of like a lot of things within the Christian tradition, it found its roots in Judaism and then evolved in, in these ways. And so Sunday is really that first day of the week and that day when we celebrate all that God is doing and, and ask God to, to bless the week. Um, and then the week go, the work of the week goes on yeah. uh, fast and furiously sometimes. <laughs> yes. um, pausing every now and then, like I said, if there's a major solemnity or an anniversary or a feast day somewhere in there, then we, we may celebrate a little bit. Um, but the reality is, is the week is full of, you know, proclaiming the good news, visiting the sick, clothing those who need it, you know, all of these things we find in Scripture that are the, the work of caring for one another. Right. Uh, what would the religious liturgical calendar look like? Is there a kind of a New Year's Day? I know you mentioned Advent, so yeah. perhaps the first Sunday in Advent is if we were going to start with our liturgical calendar. It looks like Christmas, the birth of Christ, um, but we recognize that it's really hard to just kind of jump into Christmas. Right. And we even see that in our in our secular culture, right? I mean, there's all this lead up right. that happens uh, to this great celebration. And so for the for the Catholic calendar, it looks like four Sundays of or four weeks of, of preparation, right. which are the four weeks of Advent. Um, and so that usually happens the, the first Sunday after Thanksgiving in the American calendar. Right. Um, then that would be the first Sunday of Advent. We celebrate for four days. Advent is really a time that is all about expectations and preparations. Um, the themes of our of the of the liturgies are often we're not quite sure how God is going to act, but we know God is going to act. And um, and there's a whole lot of poetry and imagery that goes along with Advent. You get to Christmas, um, and and Christmas. Um, uh, last until the Feast of the Epiphany. So we kind of play out that story over a, over a sequence of roughly two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, we jump back into ordinary time uh, for a brief moment before we begin Lent. 
and Lent is a uh, period of where we, it's really our kind of holiest and, and penitential time of the year. It's when we say these are the 40 days of Christ in the desert. Um, it is a day that Lent for us is, um, I think the closest equivalent in another religious tradition would be Ramadan right. um, in the Islamic tradition. And so there's a, there's a lot of those same themes of, of fasting and prayer and, and, and doing works of charity. I just wanted to go back and then just quickly on Christmas. And that's usually where we get the, get the 12 days of Christmas is that Correct. period right, yeah, right those... after Christmas. Uh, and just a good reminder that Christmas is not just a, a one day, but it is a, a season in itself between Christmas and Epiphany. So right. that's a that's a that's a good reminder. You mentioned an ordinary time, then coming into Lent, um, forty days, and then preparation, and then at the, at the conclusion of Lent. Actually, at the conclusion of Lent is the smallest and shortest of the religious holiday or the the liturgical year, which is Holy Week itself. So we separate out that that week of the Passion and the Paschal Mystery of Jesus Christ as its own sacred time. And that then concludes with Easter. Right. Um, Easter then lasts for 50 days. Um, and at the conclusion of Easter, we have Pentecost, which is the, the awakening of the Holy Spirit or the descent of the Holy Spirit. Um, and then once we get through the Easter season and after Pentecost, we begin ordinary time. And for our own selves, as I've often talked to people, that ordinary time is a huge chunk of the year in which we have our routines and our rhythms of life. And those are a reflection of what we really believe and what really guides us. Right. And, and we take these routines and they hone, or they're honed into the values and principles that we live our life with. Right. So if you, yeah, so if you think about kind of looking at the dates and yeah, you've got largely December is an Advent time, um, early, uh, late December, early January is Christmas. You get a little sprinkling of ordinary time, and, and I can talk about why in a moment. Um, and then Lent is going to largely be February, March, yep. April, um, and at the end of April you get Easter, and that takes us roughly till about um, sometime in June um, when you hit Pentecost, and then from June until November, till the end of November, all of that is ordinary time. Right. Is there anything though to, that you would want to highlight that in particular between, uh, particularly between June and coming back to, um, back to Advent? Right. Uh, are there any particular days to highlight in there? There are there are some some significant feast days that largely happen around Mary, and we recognize you know Mary's role in salvation history as the mother of God. There are there are certainly some major saints. Peter and Paul would mm -hmm. be in the middle of June or the very end of June. Um, Mary and the Assumption is in, in August, and then we have you know throughout there you have major feast days like you have uh, Saint Francis and Saint Therese and some of these giants of the faith. Their lives are remembered as as examples for us, right. and I think there's often this kind of misnomer that the Catholics pray to the saints. It's really more like having a really good friend, and you ask them to pray for you. It's just that these friends are in heaven, closer to Jesus, and so we feel like maybe they've got a little bit more pull. We celebrate them and recognize them as great disciples of Christ and, and whose lives we are, 
we are asked to mimic because their lives are a little bit more modern and perhaps a little bit more relatable. Yeah. You, you mentioned you wanted to go back and talk a little bit about um, why those, those little blips there and how, how, how the time, and that actually is that question of what, what is it, and you mentioned, and, and you, you commented on it right at the beginning of the concept of time and what the holidays are measuring. So maybe this is a good time to kind of dive into that a little bit. Yeah, this, there's this, it's a very mysterious, it's kind of an unknown, and I don't even know that a lot of Catholics think about why we have roughly 10 weeks of ordinary time between Christmas and, or really between Epiphany, um, the end of the Christmas season, and, the, and Lent, Ash Wednesday, which is the beginning of Lent. And, and the reality, I think, is that we need time to absorb what God has done. Mm. <laughs> that we, you know, if we just go from one major celebration to the next, then, then we don't really, they don't really have much of a celebration. Right. They become ordinary. That's a good point. And, and so we need a moment. I mean, Christmas is, you know, here, this, this idea of incarnation, to, to understand how remarkable that is, that, you know, God, that humanity is, is not bad. Actually, humanity is so good that it's worthy of um, God. Yeah. And, and so God, you know, dwells among us to help us, have a better relationship with God. That is worthy of a pause yeah. um, and a worthy of reflection. And so the stories that we hear in ordinary time, again, take us to the life of Christ and, and, and what that means for us today. We can't just go straight from Christmas to, um, you know, to, to the desert and, right. and, and into Lent. We, we need a moment to stop. And the reality of Christ's own life is that he spent more time in hiding um, than he did in public ministry. Um, you know, that most of his life, you know, Jesus was, was hidden to right. us as, as the Savior. Um, and so, it, again, it, it helps us to understand this, this idea of time. That yeah. um, I know when I first went to Jerusalem, and, you know, for anybody that's ever been, you, you know, you, you think in your head that all of these places are, there's these great journeys that are made, and all of a sudden you find, you get there, and you're like, oh, this is literally a 30-minute walk from one place to the next, and all these places are so compressed. Right. You almost feel like you move through it too fast. Um, and, and so, you know, we need the space to be able to absorb what God is doing in our lives. Right. And it, it's worth noting along those lines that, you know, kind of what do these celebrations actually look like when we do celebrate more? You know, so for, for Catholics, um, you know, all of our celebrations center around the idea of the Eucharist and Mass. Um, and, and I think there's this idea that, um, you know, well, every Mass is supposed to be like Easter Sunday. Um, but the reality of our own lives is that or some, sometimes we have a meal that's all of us rushing around the breakfast table trying to get out the door, and sometimes it looks like Thanksgiving. Both of those are good. Both of those are holy. Um, both of those are important to our lives. And so when we gather at Mass, daily Mass that happens every day um, is just as important as Sunday Mass, is just as important as these major feast day celebrations. Um, and, and so it's all holy, right. but we, we do need to understand this, uh, this progression of time. Yeah. And, you know, when we hear these readings, in some cases we hear the same readings at the same major holidays every year, but it's us who have changed. Right. We don't hear them the same because our relationship with God is different. And so every year we hear them the same, or we hear the same readings, but we don't hear them the same. Right. Because we have changed. We need to honor right. that. We're in a different place. What do you want people coming to these rituals 
um, or, or going through these seasons to experience? Another way to put it is, why is it? Why do you do what you do? My hope is, is that these major celebrations, kind of like any party, right? You, you meet new people and, and maybe you find in that some sort of a new path you, you have a new direction that you didn't know before. And so, you know, for people who come at Christmas and Easter, which is, you know, they're great cultural celebrations for us in the United States, as well as they are religious ones. Um, you know, so much of Hollywood is kind of taking these things and, and, and embellish them to mean something. There's goodness in that. And so my hope is they say, well, I, you know, I, there's something I encountered in this that I now need to explore for myself. Um, and that really is it. It's it's a it's a re-invitation. Um, when I was when I was living in and working in downtown parishes, I often found that you know people had this at Christmas time. You know they wanted Christmas in the city. They wanted all of the the things they see in Hollywood. Great, let's do that and recognize the goodness of these ideas because these ideas. Um, have great value and and the nostalgic that some of them have, um, but also the invitation that they give us to, to immerse ourselves into our culture and into lives with one another, especially during a time when we're so prone to being apart from one another Absolutely. and and reclusing into our computer screens. Right. I mean, anything that brings us together that helps us to encounter one another is worthy of celebration. Absolutely. Well, Father Chris, um, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. And thanks for being part of our, our, our series. And thanks again for joining us for this edition of the Interfaith Podcast Series. Contact us at ircp at imgh.org or visit us at www.imgh.org to learn more about us and how to support our work.